welcome to another Bobby's Crypto Corner, everybody. How do you pronounce it? Nain Rogue? Nain Nain Rouge. Rouge. Nain Rouge. Rouge. Nain Rouge. Nain Rouge. Sorry. Drinking word of the day. So I was like, we might as well say it right off the bat. Drink it. Nain Rouge. Nain. All right. Bree, why don't you introduce yourself? I cut everyone off. Sorry. Yeah. Hi. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. My name is Bree. My name is Jamie, and I am madly in love with baked greens. Um, yeah. I like to bake greens, that guy or gal, not actual baked greens. I like both. My name's Candy Boy. I don't like Candy greens, Boy. Like candy. And then uh, we got the other guy. Go ahead. <laughs> we got ball cap guy one, ball cap guy two. Tony. We got Detroit. What? Detroit. Oh, what? what? Detroit. Detroit. What? What? Yes, this is a incredibly local cryptid to Detroit, Michigan. Everybody In forgot particular. about it. It's going to get local pretty soon, guys. We've hit all the big ones mostly. No, there's so many, Bobby. There's but we're so gonna many. Get local. We're gonna, it will happen. Listen, I went with this one because it was like the end of spooky season. It's the beginning of Dio de los Muertos, Day of the Dead. Uh, they celebrate that in the beginning of November. And it looked, it, it translates to like small little double dwarf thing. And I was like, how perfect for this time of year. So I was like, we might as well do it. It's super, super specific. But I think once we dig into it, we're going to start to realize that it goes a little bit deeper than I think than just Detroit, Michigan. I think we're going to find out dwarf. why Eminem is such a short person. A short person? <laughs> is he? Yeah, mm. he's a devil dwarf. He's the <laughs> But I think I think the really important thing that we need to address here is that mm -hmm. Enzo is here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, Enzo's here. Great. Enzo's Wonderful. here. Not only that, but his birthday's tomorrow, everybody. So let's wish everybody all right. Wish Enzo a happy birthday, everybody. Early birthday. Hell yeah, it's the beginning of all the November birthdays. We got oh, yeah. I'll, I'll so, send him a happy birthday tomorrow. I believe we'll have uh let's see, Spooky Morales. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey's was yesterday. Corey's was yesterday. Breeze is on the fifteenth. There's someone else though. I'm well, me. Yeah, I'm yourself. Yeah, Bobby oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. you. Bobby. It's because I never show up, guys. That's why you couldn't remember. <laughs> 100%. Oh, wow. There's so many, but thank you everybody for joining us. I can't believe that Big Willie is here. That's actually really shocking and amazing wow. at the same time. Welcome. Yeah. He's here regularly. So that no. means Big Willie kicked his uh, his kids to bed really early. And he was Extra early. Asses to bed. It's party uh, time for Papa. Uh, I have yeah. a quick question for Tony. Tadio's birthday. Yes. Have you been drinking? No, why would you think that? Because <laughs> you right. sound like you have. No, because I normally talk. What are we talking about? You're no. Very aggressive and then very slow and slurry. I feel like I know when Tony. That's my favorite. Yeah, I know when Joe. I know okay. when Tony's sauced. Because right, he gets right, quiet. Right. So I mm -hmm. do get quiet when I'm sauced. And then he leans closer and Sometimes closer. Sometimes don't. He leans closer and closer, and then he disappears without saying anything. <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I like your full dark mode today. That's awesome. I always get the text messages from Bree saying like, Tony, Tony, Tony. And then it's like 12 hours later. I'm like, sorry, I went to sleep. 
<laughs> That's okay. I was just like, oh shit, Tony disappeared. Like no word. Just like I'm out. Bye. All right. All shout right. out to Wally's World 420. Uh, hey, Walt. Enzo's here. Happy birthday, Enzo. Enzo. Uh, Greg O'Brien. Hey, Greg. Good, good Irish name. Uh, is that it? Jesus. No, <laughs> Janet Sanchez, Big Willie, Sarah, Master my Terrarium flock is here. 507. Yeah, Master Terrarium. We got lots Janet. of people here. I'll see you out there. Michael and Spear. Sarah from my flock. My flock. Big green. She's based. That's and Corey. As we mentioned, big Willie style. Mother Willie. All right. Are we ready to jump in? We're ready. This? Let's jump in. Let's jump in. Let's Okay. It. Can you spot the Nanush? Nanush. Oh, yeah. He's in the corner over there, peeking behind the bush. Bobby is red hot devil. So well dressed in this. He is. It's a little, it's giving like 80s, which is all is coming back that like gentleman 80s, you know? It looks great. It looks very nice on I'm you. I'm about to bust a cocaine cartel in Hide Michigan, I guess. Is she ovulating? Brie hasn't, Brie, <laughs> Brie hasn't ovulated since like the early 2000s. Wow. That's <laughs> super <story>. personal. <laughs> Well, I don't okay, think I... Bree's old enough to have ovulated in the early 2000s. She was. I was old enough. We're talking about. Okay, listen. I celebrated my 11 years together with my husband yesterday. So technically, I am 11 years no period. Yeah. <laughs> so no ovulation for this lady. No ovulation. I don't know anything about anything you guys are talking about or anything directly. She's got an IUD. She's got an IUD, anyway. sir. Let's jump into the madness, you guys. This little angry beaver. They're illegal in Texas. Go yeah. ahead. No, they're not. I know I'm joking. Okay. Uh, it is French for the red dwarf, and they call it aka Demon of the Strait. Mm. I love this mask. This is the same guy, just in different poses with different. I'm outfits. curious I to see that. did the French settle Michigan and give them this name? Yeah. Kind of sorta. All right. So yeah. Detroit was a the original pronunciation of Detroit is Detroit. Detroit. Oh. Mm-hmm. I like Detroit better. I do so too. for Very everybody American. who thinks I'm fucking drunk, the original <laughs> pronunciation of Detroit is Detroit. That's exactly something Detroit. a drunk person would say. But okay. okay. <laughs> we're not here. We're not judging. We're happy for you. We're not. We're not judging. For some reason, I want to say strat instead strat. of strat. No, I feel like it's I feel like it would sound better to be it like isn't. strat. I like no. these little demon guys, and there's one of the scarf. There's like a Mad Max. It's one. the same guy. He wears this outfit every year. He wears this mask every year with different outfits. This That's one's my favorite right brilliant. here. These nails. Wow. It's giving wow. life. None. The Nan Rogue Rouge. Rouge. is a legendary creature, urban legend from French and American folklore. Its origins in the early French settlement of Detroit, or sh how should I say it, Bobby? De uh, don't it's ask me. Ask, uh, oh, the world Detroit. Are derived from Norman French tales uh, of the Luton, a type of hobgoblin, along with Native American legends of an impish offspring of the stone god. 
I love a hobgoblin. We don't talk about hobgoblins. We should enough. we should get hobby Nearly with that enough. goblin. I'm we glad keep, we're talking about one. We now. keep talking about him. The nine rogue appears as a small creature with red or black fur covering Oy. an animal's body, but with the face of an old man. It also said to have blazing red eyes and rotten teeth, wearing red or yellow, red or black fur boots. There, there's a, a couple descriptions um, for the nine rouge. But definitely with those red blazing eyes. Um, but it differs, like of, with mm -hmm. most things, of course. So people will uh, say that they either had like very big, jagged, sharp teeth hanging out, like like scary, yeah, yeah, or um, that the skin was red, but that the eyes were just like a yellowing, glowish color. Um, there's a lot to this guy, but I think overall it's it's that he's red and kind of looks mm -hmm. like a little demon things, which hence the name Rouge. That uh, the little picture you got there. This one? No, no, the last one. That looks like the uh, glass blower at my local Renaissance Festival. Oh, I love that. He does actually. Nike just said he oh. looks like Bob from accounting. <laughs> that what? too. Interesting. I like, I like that one. The Nine Rouge is an evil creature that is feared as an omen of great misfortune whenever he appears. The folktale states the Nine appear before disaster strikes. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. So Ooh. overall, just a, a bad omen. And I think, like, obviously, we can look back to the other cryptids that we uh, have gone over that are local cryptids where their community kind of embraces them tends to be a bad omen, right? Mm -hmm. We have the Mothman. Yep. The other one that comes to mind is a uh, bat squatch. Mm -hmm. Do you think when you, when you, Helens. when you novelize something like that, it gives it less evil power. Like when you make it into a local town character mascot thing and have fucking funnel cakes and, Brews. Yeah. There's Higher. always a beer. Yeah. This one has its own beer too. I was like, but I think that that's kind of like the culture that we've, that as we research all these cryptids, we start to realize that these specific localities tend to take hold of a certain cryptid and monetize it. And it's not just sure. for like, and it's for the community. It's incredibly community driven. It's like mom and pop shops sell things. People, you know, companies change their names downtown to whatever the local cryptid is so they can get more people in there and things like that. So I think that it's become a tool within our society for sure. A to... marketable cryptid is God's gift to small towns. Exactly. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that's kind of going off the same play as the uh, the Chucky sci-fi series, like where they just turn mm. it into something where it's not as scary or not as intimidating as it is. Yes, right. it's it's like the the Holly Hollywood Hollywoodfication of it, where they like turn it into like yeah. this cute little marketable. Well, it's for everybody. It's a way for a community to come together and deal with their monsters. And also sell traveler mugs with their little monster's face on it. Exactly. It's just like right. Halloween. Like Ogopogo and every other lake monster ever. Mm -hmm. I mean. Why not? As much as we, I feel like a part of us all despises that because it's not as creepy anymore. Um, when it's like on a child's t-shirt. 
Um, I feel like I love it. I feel like it gives it more um, create like more. It spreads the the uh, it definitely spreads. It. it definitely spreads the stories. Um, and I think it's in especially American culture to try to monopolize anything we mm, possibly mm -hmm, can. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that, you know, it, it's just a way to make money. And a lot of the times those people that are doing that aren't necessarily wholehearted believers, but they're just trying to find a way to but make I think money they're also of what comes to them, but it's which also I'm not hating on. But what it also shows is that it's a society that's interested in these types of things, though. Like, you're not making money off of these people if they weren't interested in this kind of stuff. So I think that there's also something to this whole cryptid thing because they are able to make tons of money off of it. And people keep showing up and trying to see it or, you know, pretending to believe it at least. Yeah, but but what I want – what I, my question is, does that, does that feed the uh, existence of it or does that, does that just trivialize it into nothingness, right? Like I tend to think that more people will start to believe and that it. Yeah. Matters. Yeah. I, I think I'm on the side of as much as some people are going to think that it's, oh, well, it's hokey now that they have a whole festival about it. What you're doing is inviting tons of more people to actively believe in it, which I think fuels it in the long run. Mm. So you're talking about uh, realization through belief. Like if enough people believe in something, right? Like, yeah, that's kind of a lens we view this. A lot of this stuff. I, I'm not yeah. saying I 100 am on board with that, but I think that I think that that is if there is a way to manifest something otherworldly, that's one way to do it. That's one way to do Absolutely. it. Yeah, we're like we're open to that. I always I always liken it to the the TV show like American Gods. Like the whole thing in it was is like the gods in order to keep being what they are had to be worshipped and believed in and so i think that that's it can kind of lead that same thing into the cryptid world also with the paranormal and i think any any other thing i think that once you're believing and open to something then the more open you are to it so the more you know whether it's real or not real it's happening to you because you're opening yourself up to that but that's what's interesting too is like you could if you're not open to that you, you we, we argue and i agree like if you're not open to it you're way less likely to experience anything mm -hmm. but if i'm like if i walk out in the middle of the freeway and say i don't believe a truck's gonna hit me <laughs> there's still a good fucking chance a truck's gonna hit well me. yeah so, i think that there's i think that there's limits and and rules to all of it but i think we're just talking about it in so very something veiled and subtle and less obvious in our realm is only susceptible to people that are well, well, here's the thing, I Bobby. I if mil wait, hold on. If millions of people were also at the same time you were believing that a truck wasn't going to hit you, who's not to say that the truck wouldn't hit you because you had those millions of people manifesting that to happen, right? But you don't have access to those type of people to, to run that kind of experiment to see if that yeah, there's no way to organically thing. create that either. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's so there's like, no, there's no way it's to. One of the to most insane survey study phone calls you would ever get in your life. But I guess you can kind of liken it to the Slenderman idea, right? Like mm -hmm. that was never really a real thing, and then it, so many people believed in it, and then you had genuine people out there who thought that they had experiences with this completely made up creature so is it that they didn't have the experience or that the idea of everyone believing in it manifested it into our realm somehow what if like what if like the way we insert these things into like pop culture literature movies tv is a way like a subconscious way of the collective humid of like like uh confining these things in the media world so that they don't 
come to out. To keep them out of the real world? Yeah. Mm, but at the same time, you have concept. to give it a you have to give it a little acknowledgement that it does, you know, it is a thing, right? Well, that's right. Well, that's that's super indicative of a lot of these like more mischievous um uh spirits that are out there. You have to tip your hat to it or it fucks with right. you more, right? So like that definitely leads it, like there's definitely already that, so that the correlation exists there. So that can mm -hmm. be a hundred percent a possibility. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I want to hear what uh Upstairs, what do you got? Upstairs has to say, but uh, real quick, uh, like what you were talking about, Bobby, is uh, like I could recreate that and say, I'm going out into the woods late spring in the mountains and manifesting that a grizzly bear won't attack me or will attack me. It doesn't mean that a grizzly bear is or is not real. Right. It just means it's not in the area that I am totally in. Mm -hmm. Tony, we had the brainwaves because I was going to fucking say exactly what you just said. Ah. Ah. It's that it doesn't here. matter. It's that it doesn't matter. You're believe someone, millions of people believe in the truck. Mm -hmm. And that's all it needs. It, it's right. not matter of the action. It's it's the noun itself. Mm -hmm. Okay, can we stay in this? Can we stay in this rabbit hole for a little bit longer? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. So how how does this tie in? And I don't know if you guys agree with this or not, but I have been practicing like I visualize almost like a shield of protection and in, in positivity around me. Okay. And I I feel in my heart that that does fend off negativity. Like, mm -hmm. because I am, mm -hmm. I'm kind of a cynical crank, right? Mm -hmm. But like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't <laughs> let my cynicism fall so deep that I just am totally negative yeah. and black pilled all the time. Yeah, right? void of it. Yeah. Right. So I feel like the way I've been looking at it is if I, if I believe in this, like, I think of it as like a bubble or like a shield of like protection of positive energy. Um, Like I said, I'm less susceptible to that kind of stuff. How did, how, how would some claim like that maybe even fit into what we're talking about with this little red red fella well i think it's just that idea that our brains are a much more powerful tool than we actually realize <clears throat> and that okay we'll think about it the brain is the only organ that named itself the the brain wait, wait 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 <clears throat> did you know okay the uh, brain the you went... <laughs> wait because i have more the brain <laughs> because the brain grosses itself out like if you see a brain, you were immediately like, Ugh. and yeah. it's just your own brain looking at another fucking brain. Yeah, like but you the can brain say that about kidneys or, uh... But the kidney didn't name itself. The kidney isn't like an like an organ. So you're like, saying uh... like we are our at the end of the day, so... we are our brains, and we are inside of a giant meat suit. Okay, and the meat okay. suit is just driving the brain. So let's extrapolate that. So if okay. I'm a human and I see a dead human, I'm very more likely going to be more disturbed by it than if I see like a dead squirrel on the road. Yes, 100%. absolutely. So depends on who you are. Uh, that, I, knew yeah, that's true. I knew that was coming. Brie. Yeah. About it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But you know what I'm saying? Like, so what you're saying is because the brain is literally like cognizant and self-aware, it is more likely to be repulsed by its fellow other brain than mm -hmm. something like say an amputated toe on the ground. Exactly. And yeah. so the brain, the brain, the brain does these crazy things that we literally cannot understand. And we only know that we only use like 10% capacity of our brain. We have zero idea what goes on in those other areas and what we're capable of. So I think that you, 
manifesting a shield around you to protect you is incredibly indicative of us collectively believing in a cryptid so it exists. So but this is the thing. Hold on. You guys are talking about the brain, but like the brain is just a receiver. The brain, the, the brain is, is the not... tool. Is the tool. Yes. You guys are conscious. No, you not visualizing. Yet. No. That's your consciousness. That is your higher self <laughs> for sure. Giving you information. So your it, brain so is I just an organ. I will say with you. So what it is is that the consciousness is basically in our brain, and like the the consciousness is using our brain as the controller of the video mm -hmm. game, right? Mm -hmm. Of our avatar, right? It's a right. hundred percent what Bree's say, saying a receiver, but it it is to put it into human terms, it's our brain doing it. But yes, consciousness, but. Right. Same no. Thing. Yeah. That's the the machine that manifests the consciousness. Exactly. Right. As far and, as we know. And mm -hmm. to quote Kari Sunday, Ooh. quoting Ooh. Bill Hicks, today a young man in acid realized that all matter is merely energy condensed to a slow vibration sure. that we are all one consciousness experiencing itself subjectively. There is no such thing as death. Life is only a dream, and we are the imagination of ourselves. Here's Tom with the weather. <laughs> Cheers, love. I love Bill Hicks. One of my favorite songs has that whole, like, bit It's in it. Tool, yes. Oh, no, I have someone else, but yeah. No, they it's do, Tool. Too. Tool does, but there's someone else, too, but no, yeah, okay. Isn't. It's so funny because, like, I feel like I feel like every single episode we say the word tulpa, and I was trying to avoid it this episode because we say it so much. We were like talking about all the other ways it could be that, but yes. If, you, if you're assuming we're talking about tulpas or egregores, we are. You're probably we are. Right. We are. Uh, yeah. I just I just feel like your your consciousness, your higher self, is already a part of this mega energy system that we really don't know much about and like we can theorize and we can you know read books and learn as much as we can but at the end of the day there is a giant complex of different energy systems and matrices that are all kind of oscillating around each other and our consciousness our higher self is involved in that so when it brings down information and it gets digested through our brain we can kind of break it down in a way that makes sense to us with our feet on the ground. And we're like, okay, I can visualize this. Mm -hmm. And I have a feeling like because we're visualizing and if we put our intent and our belief into it, it's already easier for our consciousness to connect to that since it's already in that massive energy field that is outside of our body. So it's easier to pull from, pull from and manifest that way because it's already in that whole like bubble system with our consciousness. Does that make sense? It's like, Bri, I'm sorry. It's can you not start over pulling and making it. <laughs> well, all you have to no, do. I, got, I follow. I follow. Okay. I'm gonna either, I, I really <laughs> do want to rewind that and, and try to really. Uh, I know you're saying that. Okay. All, all you have, all you really have to do is look at this show and look at the the four of us and understand that these are we are four people who are spread across the United States. And mm -hmm. if, if you bring in the full Toddy Wobble. Uh, worldwide team we are across the u.s and the uk and but you have so many different views of the world and how the world is going on like brie i'd like that i can point up and there's brie yes so brie <laughs> sees the world in an entirely different way than bobby does and 
I do and Jamie does and Kari does and we come onto this show every single week and we try to make sense out of everything that we comprehend through what we read whether it's Bobby Scripted Corner or Butt Stuff or whatever and we have people watching this going yeah, yeah, you guys are right <laughs> like, we don't even know what, what up, the Enzo? fuck we're talking about we're just throwing shit out there. No, I love that you. No, and I love that you say that because I remember saying to Brie, like, I love how we pulled in these people who have such drastically different ideas than me and her do, like politically, uh, morally. Like, we all have very drastically different views of how we think and how we approach things. Morally, <laughs> that's true. yeah, that's probably true. It's probably true. Yeah. I feel like. Listen, I feel like me and Brie would do a lot of fucked up things. <laughs> Spiritually, Spiritually, yes, all those things. But like we like we're all very different. And it's interesting because we all get along. We come together every week. We have shows together and we're all genuinely friends with each other. And we come together because of these weird topics, regardless of where we come from. Yes. Aw. A moment Aww. of appreciation. Uh, a moment of appreciation. Is this the show about the what is it? The chupacabra. It is. Of I'm just hoping we wasted enough time to make this last two hours. Oh, uh, I got Bobby, a lot of work bef- to do. But before we move on, and we will in two seconds, I just okay, want to say absolutely, absolutely, you can um, protect your own energy that way. Totally. Uh, mm-hmm. And that it that is absolutely the best way possible. And it's great that you're like a bubble. That's what you need. It's and the like, secret. And to me, yeah. the Only... easiest way, it's always through the heart, you guys. You could read any spiritual teaching out there possible. That energy has to originate from the heart. From the heart center, your heart chakra, your anahata. When when you cultivate from that perspective i think you're also realizing how powerful you are and that at the mm-hmm. end of the day you really are just energy against other energies the only thing that makes one energy stronger than the other is is a program in your head but once totally. you realize that your energies are on the same level and you could possibly be stronger you can use that for the better and of course protection is the most important of them all yeah, and fear is the mind killer. Oh, for sure. So, and yeah, I totally agree. Back to our yes. scheduled programming. Back to our really <laughs> scheduled programming from our Oh, yeah, the, the guy from uh, Labyrinth. That's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're done jerking each other off. All right. <laughs> so where the, the nine rouge really gets into play is with Marie Caroline Watson Hamlin's Legends of Le Detroit. Um Marie Caroline Watson Hamlin compiled a collection of folklore, genealogy, and family narratives related to the founding and early history of the city. It consists of over 30 folk stories rooted in Detroit's early history, as well as Native American and French folklore. And what was interesting about her as like an individual is she was able to, like she was in a really interesting position to like record all of this stuff because she was literally related to the founders of Detroit, Michigan. Like she was in direct bloodline. So she was literally posse. Exactly. (laughs) She was literally like so familyed up that it was perfect for her to write this because she knew everything that was going on. She was a hundred percent privy to all of this information and all of the gossip and everything that people talked about in town. Okay, just look like what's up, my wicked ninjas? Much motherfucking wicked clown love. What's going on in the village today? (laughs) Subdued shaded lights bathe the room in mellow radiance. Where around a table resplendent 
with costly silver and sparkling glass, sat a gay party of French officers. Gay. Mm -hmm. gay. I can never get past the word gay being used for happy. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It makes me feel like such a little child. Like I'm such a kid still. But whenever I hear gay in a story Ooh. like that, I'm just like, that's fucking Ooh. funny. Like gay is in the nightmare before Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like that movie's about gay. Santa Claus. What's and I'm just what's like, what's that's what's funny. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the Claus? that's the Moon Man from McDonald's. Go to McDonald's. Uh, yeah. so, real so, legit shit. There's an awesome McDonald's. Well, there used to be an awesome McDonald's <laughs> 25 years ago in downtown Detroit that had a Shark Tank and had a huge like fish tank. There tank. were sharks and everything, but they had the Moon Man inside of it. Hell yeah! And you it's, know it's probably abandoned right now all the sharks are dead and uh, that's the that... thing i think that's awesome but the, what scares me is that a bunch of mcdonald's workers are the ones in charge of taking care of the fish and the sharks and that's fucked up this well up, it was yeah. it was okay. trying to say about people that work at mcdonald's no it's just like they're not they're not getting they're not paid a qualified lot qualified to... or probably yeah. getting paid to do it so they're probably like fuck this shark mm -hmm. no it, it's bail. cool it was it was the 1980s everybody was against japanese cars don't worry about it <laughs> my old man still is okay was that a personal uh, jab towards me wait wait no. so let me ask you a question if if this mcdonald's we're talking about was not in michigan <laughs> would this rabbit hole tangent been completely inappropriate probably <laughs> i'm probably. not following okay. i grew next up slide. in this city next slide hmm. we'll what? talk about that later so the story that she put inside of uh, her book was about Detroit's founder, Antoinette de la Mouth Cadillac, uh, was told by a fortune teller to appease the name Rouge when met with one in his future drink. Rouge means red. Yes. Mm -hmm. yep. So he goes to this party. They're celebrating him. And this is before he goes to Detroit. They're having this party, and of course, back in the day, they would have like a fortune teller or something come in, and you know, like give a little little show to the party. But the story is that this lady kind of made her way into the party, opposed to that her just being a part of the um, entertainment that she wanted to be there. <coughs> and so she starts reading him his fortune, and he was not ready for what he was about to hear. Mm -mm. Imagine Oops, your name being that many syllables. <laughs> Go back. I have to because hey, I skipped the slide. She skipped one. Oh, cool. Go back. Yeah. Imagine your name <laughs> being Antoine de la Morte Cadillac. Yeah, we're just going to call him Cadillac. Cadillac. are you? Antoine de la Morte Cadillac. It sounds better when you like say it with a little little... You remember this is like in like 1707 or some shit. This is it like is, yeah, it's old. No, no. When this happened, this was like the 17, like 1700, 17, early 1700s. Yeah, this was before you. Detroit. 1776 was when America became a 17, thing. This was this was before America. That's what we're saying. Like this is this in is Detroit? back when he was home. No, New this is York before, City. This is before he got to Detroit. This is before he founded it. <coughs> No. Okay, what's, okay. What's, this is early in his life. 
douchey. I'm going to pay attention. It's okay. Bree, go to the next slide. Read, read the next slide. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that for you, Tony. You wait, you wait. Okay, I'll, I'm gonna read this to you guys. Oh God! This is what yeah, she said. Exactly. This is what fortune teller said. And yes, this is his face right here, Cadillac. And mm. according to the text, she straight up waltzed in with a black cat, just like curled up on her shoulder. So like, boss. <clears throat> Strange, just kidding. Yours is a strange destiny, a dangerous journey you will soon undertake. You will found a great city which one day will have more inhabitants than the new France now possesses. Many children will nestle around your fireside. Mon Chevalier, I wish you had not commanded me to go on, for dark clouds are arising and I see dimly your star. The policy you intend pursuing in selling liquor to the savages, contrary to the advice of the Jesuits, will cause you much trouble and be the cause of your ruin. In years to come, your colony will be the scene of strife and bloodshed. The Indians will be treacherous. The hated English will struggle for its possession. But under a new flag, it will reach a height of prosperity, which you never in your wildest dreams pictured. You will bask in a sunnier climate, but France will claim your last sigh. Your future and theirs lies in your own hands. Beware of undue ambition. It will mar all your plans. Appease the Narouche. Beware of offending him. <laughs> <laughs> Should you be thus unfortunate, <laughs> not to vestige in your inheritance will be given to your heirs. Your name will be scarcely known in the city you found it. <laughs> you went a little Scottish there at the end. <laughs> a little Scottish. Uh, oh. Sci-fi. The cool thing about this, and which is why I definitely wanted to include it, is because all of this is literally based off of what she said to him. And if it this is indeed true, then she predicted what would happen in the Detroit area, uh, area in United States. Yeah, she really all if, of it. If it is accurate, it's very accurate. Well, she didn't say anything about Motown or Eight Mile. Or <laughs> gathering she the She wasn't looking that far. She wasn't looking that far. You will she see a slim shady. And he did not stand. He was the fastest rapper of his time. After 70 years of democratic rule, your city would fail. Oh, oh wow. my oh, God. Wow. Here we go. Right, here it's here a go. factual thing. <laughs> All right. So, upon encountering the creature, uh, he smacked it with his cane and shouted, Get out of my way, you red imp. And as a consequence, a string of bad luck befell him. And this is over his entire time he was charged with abuse of power and resigned to louisiana and he later returned to france where he was briefly imprisoned and eventually lost his fortune which again if you go back to what brie read it said that if he tried to get too ambitious he was charged with abuse of power and france would take everything from him at the end of it and france did he had to acknowledge the neon rose uh power right yeah, he was supposed to be yeah. to He it. had to respect and kindness. So we absolutely kind of, in my opinion, like skipped a bit here because he's in 
He's at a party. He hears this. This is before he even goes to Detroit. He goes to Detroit. Yeah, this is like years Detroit. later. He's walking in a park with his wife, and the nine rouge kind of like pops out of this out of the little walkway where they are, like and then he's like, out of here, you imp, and then like hits him with the king, and the thing's like hee 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 as it like tramples off, but he still disrespected him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't respect him. Can you imagine being so gangster that you just pimp slap an imp? I know, like I know. And you live in Detroit, like fuck you, bitch. Based off of his language that he chose, um, he seems like a very uh, high-strung male. You know, like Mm. why would you just anyone in your way, especially if they're an imp, which is not appropriate. That's not a PC term anymore. Or (laughs) not at all. What? Like you can't say imp anymore? (laughs) Why? No, there's a difference between imps and midgets, Bree. It's don't still think illegal. You could, I think you've got to oh, say God, that. Oh, just layer it on It's tonight, illegal in the PC handbook <laughs> of, of the gods. Bree, just because you're four for the letter. Yeah, I'm keeping him. That... You guys can't have it. <laughs> you know what? If someone hit me with their cane, though, I would, I would fuck them up. I wouldn't be like, hee hee we'll see. Is that, would that be a hate crime? <laughs> for sure. Only if she would hee let me see. <laughs> disappeared grabbed her her bag of gold and went to the next rainbow i said i'm gonna impregnate your wife <laughs> all right give us the next one <laughs> all right moving along so this moving started along. this whole idea that the imp was to blame anytime you saw him the nine rouge i should say as we could drink um drink I started this pattern of him being blamed for anything that happened. And so these are the several examples of what he was blamed for happening in Detroit. And the first one was the uh, 1763's Battle of Bloody Run, where Captain James Dalyell led 260 soldiers across Parents Creek and Indians launched a surprise attack, which devastated the British. 60 British were killed and the creek became known as Bloody Run because it was said that all the soldiers were were like pushed into the river and the blood ran yes uh going back to what we were talking about earlier about like belief uh uh and how possibly that belief can bring these things into reality um something like blame i feel would be even more profoundly feeding mm. into mm-hmm. that right oh yeah you're for giving sure. it so... you're giving it legitimacy like with a purpose it's well, not it's just seeing... like it's interesting that you say that because that happens with some of the cryptid creatures we that we run into, you know, maybe the ones where the farmer's cows are mutilated and they're using this cryptid as an excuse as for whatever it is. So I think cryptids at the end of the day, something that we've learned through this journey of uh, cryptid research is that a lot of times there's, you know, a few several paths that cryptids can go, whether it be to like control a population, uh, like, you know, scare them and things like that. But something like this, it's they used it as a general blame, just like a blanket of, oh, well, it showed up and that's why this happened. Like, that's. Yeah, but I mean, but at what point is 
something else killing the livestock versus one of these things killing the livestock. I you think what, I mean? what you were saying is that we're, you give it a purpose that it's it's one thing to yes. just believe in something, but like right. what you're saying, Bobby, is you're basically giving it a job. Yes, yes. now assigned. Well, I'm just saying it further role. legitimizes it. it I think that, that absolutely because it's things to make something up, but if it now mm -hmm. has right. a purpose, as if it has something to do. Well, I don't know if he's so much giving it a job as as so much as he is assigning a blame for multiple things to be. Yeah, but you're like you're utilizing it as like yeah. a function. Right. Like it but I think that that happens. But that's what I'm saying. I think that that happens with some cryptids, though. That's very on point with some of the cryptids that we see, whether that be like Mothman or, like I said, the cow mutilations and things like that. I feel like a lot of the time cryptids end up being a scapegoat is what it is. Right, so you, you have to understand that this time and period in Detroit, <clears throat> they're, Detroit's not like the big bustling city that it is now, or was before, <clears throat> but <laughs> before, before all the auto industry <laughs> collapsed. But, you know, this is, a, this is a big major city, but at this point in time, it is still like your what we would consider a rural city that has a port that has a rail system that they are bringing all of these industries into and maybe these people are kind of seeing attacks by coyotes or wolves because all these animals were there at the time mm. or if it even if it's animals <laughs> that they're unfamiliar with because they're new to the territory yeah, I mean, there's Wolverine. Wolverines used to actually exist in Michigan. They don't; they're not as prevalent as they were. They're in the UP years ago. Wolverines. Word. All right, bring me up the next one, Breeze. I can show the other examples of what he was blamed for. He was also blamed for the infamous 1805 fire. On the morning of June 11th, 1805, the city of Detroit caught fire and nearly everything was destroyed. While no official cause was determined, it was rumored that hot ash from a pipe started the fire. And they actually blamed a, like a baker, I believe. But it is said that before this happened, people saw the nine rouge. You know what I'm I forgot there. to add? Hold on. I'm there. Drink. There you go. I forgot the year. I'm just going to say 1777. Um, but uh, Mr. Cadillac did die on October 15th. Oh, my birthday. I love that. Like, Jamie's reincarnated. Reincarnated. Jamie's love really the Cadillac. I'm really the Cadillac. All right, give me the next one. 300 years later. Uh, the nine was also to blame for the surrender of Detroit in the War of 1812. According to the tale, all the misfortunes of the governor and General William Hull leading to the surrender of Detroit are blamed on the nine of Rouge. I want to say rogue every time. You do. Like it's, I do. It's very, it's very uh, Louisiana. I, know. I don't know why I don't, have, I don't have that. I have the Rouge. You have to say I like Rouge. I love how with this guy, he was just like, my whole life. It was just everything. It wasn't anything in particular. It was just, it was just all of it. Birth. Just fuck yeah. me. Just yeah. fuck me. It all fucked just, me up. Just, <laughs> I actually so saw... The, 
No. The surrender of Detroit, the War of eighteen twelve. Is so. I gotta look this up. Is this part of the the Ohio Michigan War or the Michigan Canada War? Because Zero idea on that one, sir. There's oh, a there's a wow. lot that happened that a lot of people don't know about. Is that the states actually went to war against each other? And that's yeah, they did the it all the time borders. back in the day. They did it all the time. Yeah, it was constant. All the time. Yeah, I'm not doing a channel about that because I will lose my shit. Oh, for sure. No, and there's no point because just be like, hey, we all hated each other. Bada boom, bada bing. Bada boom, bada bing. We're still fighting each other, really. We're always fighting each other. Listen, the thing is that people, it's a weird animalistic behavior in humans that want to rule and be in power of everything and push their... What the fuck Rule was the War of 1812? On others. Is that against Nobody the French? Knows. I mean, it makes sense because they were French and then we're like booted them. We're like, get the fuck out of here. I think it's still weird that there's like that Canada got Frenchified. I'm like, what the fuck? Stay on your own goddamn <sighs> island. War of 1812 was fought by the United States of America and indigenous allies against the United Kingdom and its allies and yep. British North. Yeah, so it was, the, it was the U.S. and the indigenous pizza people against... People. Uh, That's what the indigenous other war was. Indigenous pizza. Pizza. <laughs> indigenous <laughs> pizza. Indigenous pizza. <laughs> Shut up. I want to eat that. I wonder what that consists of. <laughs> Not pineapple. All right, give me the next one. Um, this is something that we did leave out though. Uh, and the slide hmm. is that there is, there were trickster-ish um, spirits or whatever you name <laughs> Indigenous it. Indigenous peaches would be uh, from the sure. Aboriginals. Which oh, we'll are talk about that at the end. Indigenous people. I didn't. We talk about that. that at the end. Yeah, it's at the yes. very end. Okay, just cross. All right, so the next one was the 12th Street Riot in 1967. Uh, this was confrontations between African-American residents and the Detroit Police Department escalated, causing bloodshed of the urban uh, riots in the United States, or the, causing the bloodiest of the urban riots in the United States. And many people allege that they saw the nine before. I wonder if they did, uh, Did was there any like Black Lives Matter riots in Detroit? That was basically a Black Lives Matter Detroit riot, but like back in the day. Can't say it riot. It's a peaceful protest. But uh, what we're talking about here is I've talked to a lot of people who Mr. lived Tony. through this. And what they said was like the 101st Airborne Division and the 82nd Airborne Division were in Detroit and were actively killing rioters, even though it was not put on the news. And of mm. course, none of this can be confirmed. This is just what people have said to me, that the military was involved and that they were killing people and shoving them into the sewers. Wow. That's just this riot? Uh, yeah, the 1967 uh, mm -hmm. riots in Detroit. Yep. Certainly not surprising if that is true. No, absolutely not surprising. Yeah. Even if it happened to this day, Lord That'll knows. That would be really surprising today, but no, Lord knows when we will actually have settled the scores. <sighs> All right, give us your next one. Yeah, I, I'm, I was wait, I, I was waiting for a, a rebuttal. I felt like it was coming. The yeah. war went by, and I just watched it go. I heard it in uh, your breath. You're like, so this is the 
the version of it today. This was established in 2010. I don't. Is it planned? New Orleans, oh, this go. parade has become a Detroit tradition. Thousands of people join together in hopes of banishing the main Rouge. That's right. This year's event is coming up on Sunday. And once again, the Red Dwarf, who's haunted Detroit for more than 300 years, is expected to make an appearance. He's never done a TV interview, by the way. Until now, Stephen Clark, you've got clout, my friend. You, you so this is like a clout. thing. Like, it's yeah. a thing everyone wow. in Detroit oh, it's knows a, it's, a, it's a big yeah. thing. Lamb, a big yeah. I never even heard of this. Who or what yeah. is the main Rouge, you ask? Well, he or it's a big part of Detroit that. legend, specifically. For hundreds of years, he's gotten the blame for everything bad that's ever happened in Detroit. I grew up here. It's an occasion to actually run. Did you? Yes. Did you really? I just the guy behind all of Detroit's bad times. You know, uh, Stefan, can I call you Stefan? I'd rather you call me Stephen. Okay, Stefan. He's known as Lenane. But as you can see, he's a little difficult. You know, we're doing an interview here. This will go faster if you just let me take the ball. And according to legend, the name goes back to the beginning of Detroit history when a fortune teller told explorer Antoine de la Motte Cadillac that a red imp of his dreams was a harbinger of bad times to come. So for 200 You're years. Fucked, boy. Is that no. it? No, you pressed I didn't click anything, yo. The name got the blame for a lot of bad stuff. The history of it is that he tends to manifest at times. Uh, you know, he's he's been around during bad ice storms and during the fire and all these sort of historic events that have happened in Detroit. And for the first time in 300 years, the name has agreed to a television interview. I really felt it was time to go public in a bigger way and let people know about my new awareness campaign, my new philosophy of relentless negative apathy. Why so dreary? In our interview, where the name preferred to stay in the darkness, he took the credit for everything from the bad weather. You're living up a bad decision made 300 years ago by idiots that stayed in Detroit rather than moving closer to the equator. To Detroit's ESM, <laughs> to the NHL strike. The NHL strike was my solution to the success that the Red Wings occasionally bring. Curiously, I've never had anything to do That's with the Lions. <laughs> Clearly, this guy has got to go. Which brings Need us back to Sunday's March of Dunane Rouge. Kind of a run, kind of a walk, kind of a parade down Detroit's cast court. A positive gathering it, to banish one negative dude. I need to you go, know, so Steph, bad. Stephen, I want to go. I had a dime for every time people think they can defeat me or banish me or run me out of town. They can't. I'm the living embodiment of everything that holds Detroit back. I don't like that guy. It really no, does feel like French the Catholic the way New Orleans does. You know? festivities yeah. begin it Sunday feels like one of those. In the parking lot of the traffic jam and snug, a restaurant on Canfield in Detroit. A great place to go, by the way. A number of businesses are offering specials and discounts the to the, the big event. We have an entire list. Detroit. 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 And Detroit 2020. This is the time, though. You're marching them right out. I can tell. He may be negative, but he's pretty funny. He is, he, is, uh, he is a funny guy. We don't want to run the funny part of him out of town. I, it's just a great opportunity to say, listen, you know, uh, let's look at the positive. And they just found a guy to kind of embody the negative. And the cool thing is it's a 300 year. I, I guess back from the kids like 200 years ago, right? Right. Uh, they'd say, go to bed or the name gets you. Wow. How about that? It's a great tradition that they've started. How about that, Steve? How about <laughs> that? How about that? That's you. Local news. All right. Yeah, and this next one is. Say... So this is the next. This is a little clip of uh, the parade itself. If you want to play this real quick, it's just a minute long, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, play it. Because now they say, go to bed and Joe Biden will stick it. 
Tony. <laughs> so these are protesters against the people trying to trying to shame the name. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Oh, we'll get into it. We have they too much fucking time on our hands. <laughs> they learned about Do you think he's a harbinger of doom or a protector of the city? I think he's a troublemaker. All right. But some trouble can be fun. It's amazing how people off the know, right? There's amazing how many people are just like walking around now. This is what Austin looks like on any day. Right? That's actually a police officer on real duty right there. Cheeseburger looks delicious. What no, that is a big boy. I feel like it's just like Halloween. It's literally just like Halloween in the middle of the air. You know what? These people just like, they have no reason being here. Everybody else it. made sure that they were dressed. This is going to be my Halloween costume next year, I feel like. I love that. That's a vibe. That's a fat vibe. It's a fat vibe. Okay, so this is the opposition. Uh, and they are the nine rogue, the real nine rogue, Rouge. Uh, Rouge. And they are, and they are very Rouge. upset by the Rouge. fact that they are calling this a negative being because they actually believe in the opposite. They actually believe that the name Rouge is a protector of the city and not a harbinger of badness. Are, they, but it's are these coming... being serious or is this just yes? part of the fun? No, no, no. This is no, really, this is really, go to the next, go to the next page. Mm-hmm. This is Look from their website. I'll read it. Look at right here. This is the the nine rouge Karen right there. For sure. Catch. Go to the next one. Who's on the so the, Okay. So the beginning of of Detroit's nine rouge are are thought by some to originate right. from the Aborigine. Ab how do you say that word, Bree? Algonquin. Algonquin <laughs> creation. Aborigine creation. Sorry, which concern Gooshlap. Who, after creating the earth and men, continued by forming beings so such as fairies guns. and dwarfs. These <laughs> nature spirits were to act a protector of certain regions of the country to ensure that the Gooselap's evil brother, Maelstrom, would cause no harm to man, man's community, or the nature or the natural environment. Everything you just so said <laughs> is something that people believe in. Which really makes me want to sleep. Thanks, Thank Brock Prism. Prism. We know. That makes sense, though. So the, 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 the Algonquin peoples had this other spirit. But it was like a cool one. It was like, hey, I'm here. Let's chill. We're fine. Yeah. And then when um, Mr. Cadillac came around... Because he already had the words of the fortune teller in his ear, like, watch out. Watch out. Um, it appears that because of his experience and his belief that he then pushed forth that it was something negative. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it was just something that was haunting him. And I kind of think that he manifested his own destiny that way. Mm -hmm. But it, He let his fortune come true for sure. And so for, for the indigenous peoples, it's like, yo, this thing's been here and it's been cool for this long. And now the white man comes and has all this bullshit background and now it's evil, you know? So, I, I mean, that makes 
sense to me. We Good can next see one. This, we can see the series of events. We'll keep going on this. You read this one, Brie. Okay. When European missionaries spread throughout Michigan, the tribal gods and supernatural creatures were turned into demons and evil spirits in an attempt to vanquish them from memory. Some historians and researchers have also made the case that the telling of the tales of a red devil may in fact not be supernatural at all, but are even more problematic than understood at first glance. The original stories told may be cultural folk tales of the original inhabitants of North America as described through the lens of European settlers. When seen in this light, we can understand just how horrible the idea of blaming problems on the red devil actually are. So it's literally what Brie was just talking about. It's like the they came in and they culturally appropriated it and used it to their benefit. Just like if Halloween. there was a Starbucks back then, they'd probably have a drink for you. They I would. Uh, <laughs> and so just so everyone knows, a goose cap. Is a legendary figure of the Wapanaki people, native peoples located in Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, and Atlantic Canada. And that's their version of pretty much what everyone is kind of these people are are saying, like that was the original, that was the original nine rows. Nine. And yeah, so, and that's push. what they've turned it into. They turned it into this negative thing, and it's literally the exact opposite of that. And that it's here to help and protect. You know, it's interesting though that we have. It's like, who cares? Obviously, the whole parade, people gather, and it seems like they're doing it in like a celebratory manner. Like they most likely don't actually think that this thing is one real and two evil. So mm -hmm. they're just literally just gathering to celebrate, to like have a memory. It's mm -hmm. funny that there's always a part of humanity that needs to break off and then oppose that. You know, it's like, even though it's probably all fun and games, it's just funny that a separate group of people had to organize themselves in a way to be like, stop the hate. He is yeah. good. It's you too know, easy to get food is the problem. <laughs> right? Jeez. Wild yeah, but Bree, you, you also have to understand that in Detroit, every single year, way longer than they've had this festival, they have a festival on Woodward Avenue where muscle cars drive <laughs> up and down the streets which is like a huge thing. It's way bigger than this. The Woodward Avenue muscle car drag. The muscle car. Ooh. Okay. So then, so because Detroit makes all of the, the auto parts. Not mm -hmm. anymore. Right? Well, not anymore. I mean, they do, but like not mostly. Yeah. Mexico does. So then was Specifically Detroit Ford. the first people to get all of these muscle cars? And then they're like, putting on a showcase for it well i think that it's deeply ingrained within their culture because they're like a car city i think that that's yes. that's like i'm just wondering I, I was hoping so oh, it, it's it's absolutely like uh the culture there so like i remember back when i was very very little seeing the original dodge viper back in 1994 which i would have been 10 years old at the detroit auto show and that was a car that was like 
Detroit is back. Like it, it came back from Detroit from Detroit. Uh, the seventies and eighties, where sports cars really suffered and everything. And then there was this Viper, and it was such an amazing car. And now my truck makes more horsepower than a Viper did in 1994 when I was 10 years old. So, like, technology has advanced way, way far. And I, dr- I drove an original Viper, and holy shit, is that a scary experience. It sounds exciting. I'm excited uh, for that. Well, I, I like mean, if you're excited life. for getting inside something that is actively trying to kill you, sure. I am. So, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I Absolutely. dated head once. <laughs> Bree, you go first. No, I'm not going first. <laughs> I've never dated a redhead. That was a joke. Uh, okay. I'm going to give this... Oh, are we doing it in order now? We can do whatever order you want. I'll go first. I'm going to have first. to I'm going to have to middle bitch this squarely right in the middle because here's the thing. When you bring into the fact the side of it where we're talking about it going back to the Native American side, my interest is already peaked cuz I'm like, you know, I love my Native Americans. They 100% know the cryptids of the world. They know the real real. They know it was here before anything. And so I'm intrigued. But the fact that it is mostly something that's celebrated now and wasn't celebrated like tony was saying like when he was growing up there he had no he was like what this is celebrated and it was like not until 2010 became it like it became a big thing where like every there this festival or this uh this parade was happening so i have to middle bitch it because i think that it's partially true and partially they're just embracing a cryptid of their past and enjoying it Word. Who's next? Who's going next? Not me. I'm last. <laughs> Tony. All right. <clears throat> so obviously, I grew up in Detroit. This is this <laughs> is my hometown. This is where I'm from. Uh, I feel really bad for anybody who has the last name of Cadillac uh, because you just became a reworked Chevrolet. But like. <gasps> This like I can't help you have to understand anybody who was who was born in Detroit who lived in Detroit the auto industry is our blood it is it is what makes us live and like Jamie said I never ever heard of this and you know I'm, I'm I'll give it a middle bitch I think maybe there's something that is kind of involved in this and probably because this dude's last name was Cadillac the fact that he bitch slapped an imp with his cane the <laughs> imp was like you know what maybe you'll just be regulated to be a second class uh, luxury yeah. vehicle for hundreds of years I don't know word mm-hmm. word alright um, baby I'm not sure if I buy into all the like mythology of like the fortune teller told told Mr. Cadillac that he'd be found in a city in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if I'm into all that, but going back to kind of what we were talking about earlier, I think that this is one of those ones that when you 
when you have a local consensus, a local acknowledgement, and then not only that, a uh, intent of uh, putting blame or putting putting it into some sort, utilizing it in some way, mm-hmm. um, that even fuels the. Uh, I think this is like a psychic creature, but that doesn't make mm-hmm. it any less real. So I I'm going to give saying. I'm going to give it like an eight. Ooh, okay. I like that. Bobby's going real with it. All right, Bree. I'm going to sci-fi this one. Oh! Whoa! <laughs> she went all the That's way. You wanted to go last. Uh, I just don't. Uh, I don't feel. I don't know. I I think that it's based off of something that maybe wasn't true. And I can't, I really, in my heart of hearts, can't believe that a little red devil man is running around, like, causing mischief before things are happening. I don't know. This is one of those ones where, like, I wanted to believe. I just don't. I'm I'm a hard one. I'm a hard one. Hard Um, side. Who else is hard? Um, Me. All the time. How was, uh, that was fun. How was everyone? That was fun. You know what, baby? You would know if you hung out with us on Halloween, but you didn't. Yo, yeah. Fuck. I don't. This is none of us hung out together yesterday anyway. No, we That's didn't. true. We didn't. This is literally we hung out the day before. Time. Well, we know. We know. It's fun. I hope you guys had trick or treaters. Does we anyone have, have so anything many. exciting coming up for the rest of the week? I don't think we have anything to announce. Uh, we just dropped a new episode on The Hidden from 1987, which will be my movie recommendation of... Ooh, nice. There we go. Ooh, Tony, nice. anything for you? Uh, no, but I will say every time this time of year, I'm a huge fan of Trick or Treat. <laughs> I fucking love the that movie. movie. The activity or the movie? The movie. The movie. I watch treat. it every night. Wait, 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 wait. Don't leave. Don't leave. Okay, the one with Sam the pumpkin or the one with Sammy Kerr, the heavy metal guy? With Sam the pumpkin. Hell yeah. That's a great movie. We just watched, uh, we finished UH, UH, Jesus, VHS. UHF with Weird Al. Oh, wow. Look at that, Brie. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful. I always consider that's the, uh, that's the A Christmas Story of Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Bree, any final thoughts from you before we're out? Um, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jamie, thanks, thanks for the question. <laughs> um, I just want to say I appreciate everyone. I wish yeah, I was loved all. more from my colleagues, but that's okay. <laughs> Uh, that's what razors are for. They're here to help okay. you out. Oh my god! <laughs> me, me and the <laughs> broken lollipop. Make sure All right, we love you guys, and we'll see you guys next week for Bobby's Cryptic Corner. I have no idea what we're doing because Tony has be to good. pick something. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs>